Hello, I'm Mike Brown, Executive Editor of Supermarket News, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast series, Off the Shelf with SM. In today's episode, we'll talk with Amy Becker, Senior Vice President, Strategic Advisory at Damon, a leader and pioneer in private brand development. Amy leads Damon's strategic advisory team, providing strategic direction to retailers and manufacturers on how to build and drive private brand programs that are positioned and managed for long-term, long-term growth. Today, she joins us to talk about the latest trends in private label and the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on category sales and shopping behaviors. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much, Michael. Glad to be here. Okay. So I guess we can start... Um, how have consumer attitudes about private label grocery changed over the past few years and, and why? Uh, more recently, too, I guess we could talk about how COVID has affected the attitudes about private label. Sure. So private brands have really come a long way, and they're no longer viewed as just low-cost alternatives at shelf. I think we've really shifted consumer consumer attitudes away from this idea of generics or just, you know, a price play at shelf to really being true consumer brands. This shift really started with retailers focusing on improving quality. And today we see that 86% of shoppers consider private brand quality to be equal to or better than the national brand. Also, um, another shift is really how much, you know, retailers are innovating and bringing new and different items to market. So a statistic we talk about a lot is that 98% of national brand products are the same from one store to the next. So we're really seeing retailers re-entrench on innovation, and that's driving consumers to really feel that you know, private brands now fit their lifestyle and are really products that they're proud to serve their friends and family. <clears throat> As we think about COVID specifically, you know, private brands were really well positioned pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. but when COVID hit, you know, the strength and relevancy of private brands really became a little bit more pronounced. And at the height of the pandemic, we definitely saw a lot of brand shifting, and that really worked in favor of private brands. Uh, so we think that we'll continue to see positive trajectory and momentum for private brands in the months to come. Great. Uh- yeah, I've noticed that myself in the, in stores. You know, in the beginning, some of it was due to, to some of the national brand shortages. People were actually trying private label for the first time, and and, and it stuck. So I, I think that that's going to be something that, that that it'll be an opportunity for the category as well. Yeah, absolutely. What we see is, you know, when people try private brands, they tend to because of that quality. Um, they tend to be comfortable and shift in more categories across the store. So, you know, in those situations where they may have tried something in a category they were pretty brand loyal to, um, you know, we're seeing that they're continuing to shift and change their behavior across categories. Uh, is there a typical private label shopper or, or you, know, you know, millennials, families, or, or is it really just across the board these days? You know, I actually love this question because I think there's, you know, there tends to be this this stigma of who the private brand shopper is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the private brand shopper is really everyone. And I'll just share some some statistics with you guys sure. to prove this out. But so three and four shoppers buy at least one private brand item on every shopping trip. And with that, a third of shoppers actually say that private brands comprise the majority of their shopping cart. And then conversely, you only have about 6% of shoppers saying that they exclusively buy national brands. 
So if you take all of those facts together, you know, everybody's buying private brands in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really hard to pinpoint a specific consumer. But what I will tell you is that we're finding the younger millennial shoppers are really driving a lot of the growth. Yeah. And I think, you know, not even to get into the generational thing, but just to talk about shoppers in general, they're really starting to abandon this cachet of legacy brands right. and are increasingly becoming brand agnostic. What they're looking for is products that are meeting their needs at the time they're at. So, you know, as private brands are continuing to innovate um, and really engaging shoppers in a different way, um, we think we'll continue to see that brought in. Great. And what categories are, are we seeing the most success with in private label um, and separately, I guess, and you know, how is that? been impacted again by COVID? Has that shifted with the categories that we're seeing? Yeah, so over the last three years, private brands grew share in 88% of categories across the store. So it isn't, you know, specific categories. It's really kind of, again, that consumer behavior and consumers continuing to buy mm -hmm. more private brand products across categories. Um, and, you know, in, with COVID, it really just accelerated some of that momentum. Again, going back to, you know, the out of stocks and some of the behavior shifts. Yeah. But again, we're just seeing, we're seeing category growth really across the store. Okay. Some of the categories that I would say were driving this growth were those that were really primed for innovation. So that's, that's categories like salty snacks, frozen foods and novelties. Um, and then really thinking about more of this trend forward platform, such as like plant-based dairy and proteins. Mm -hmm. uh, that's definitely where we're seeing a lot of growth. If we want to talk about since COVID specifically, I mean, the biggest shopper behavior that we've seen, the shift has been much more meal planning and definitely pantry loading. So with about 60% of shoppers reporting that they're eating at home more, the categories that we're seeing increases in our shelf-stable and frozen meal solutions, um, fresh meats, seafoods, produce, and of course, uh, prepared meals. Okay. It's interesting that you, you mentioned um, like fresh meats and produce there. I think a lot of people, uh, Centra Store has traditionally been what they think of when they think of private label, but your research has, has shown that the private label growth in fresh has really increased. Um, and I, I think that part of that is that Consumer trends have been more towards fresh over the past few years, anyway. But um, do you have anything that, you know that you can tell us about what's going on in private label with fresh? Yeah. So first and foremost, retailers are, are what I would say finally taking credit for their great quality fresh offerings. And one of the reasons we can say that is we're seeing this increase in retailers branding items in departments because they really want that halo of you know fresh and fresh solutions. Um, you know, being the halo on their banner. Um, but, you know, again, pre-crisis, you know, before the COVID crisis, you know, we were seeing a significant amount of growth in, in fresh categories. And that was really coming from, you know, some of the innovation and, in, you know, fre fresh cut fruit, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, solutions on the go, uh, frozen seafood and, and things like fully cooked frozen meats, um, as well as some value added, added produce. Um, as I mentioned before, this meal planning and eating at home being at the forefront, I think we will continue to see innovation in fresh categories as retailers really look to continue um, to bring unique solutions 
um, and continue that engagement with shoppers because, you know, meal planning has become more of a reality for more families and it's across meals. So it's no longer just planning for dinner. You're planning for breakfast, lunch, and dinner in a lot of cases. So, you know, solutions that inspire in these fresh departments, I think will become more and more important and translate into additional private brand growth. Got it. Yeah. Um, We're also seeing a a lot of growth now of private brands in online grocery. I think part of that is that we're seeing a lot of growth in online grocery. Um, You know, it, it seems like a perfect storm of opportunity as online grocery continues to explode and, and private brands were already on the upswing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, with with the number of shoppers that were, you know, testing the waters on e-commerce, people who may not have felt they could get, you know, good quality, fresh products by shopping online, you know, and were proved out during the pandemic that, you know, that was not the case. Um, so we're definitely, you know, going to see this continued, you know, balance. I'm not going to call it a complete shift to e-commerce, but this balance between the the purchases in the physical store and the purchases out of store. Uh, but definitely the the ability for private brands and specifically um, some of these unique fresh offerings to be visible online is is really critical as you know the con- consumer continues to sort of transition their behavior to you know, maybe less in-store behavior. Right. Uh, you know, premium private label is also a trend we, we've seen. Um, and, you know, it's obviously no longer just about a value equation. And we've seen some retailers go up with, like, pretty much pretty premium high-scale wines and foods, as well as in the health and beauty care category. Um, do you expect to see that continued growth? Yeah, you know, I think premium has been a really interesting evolution for private brands. And we're finally at the point where we've debunked this myth that private brands can only play in in commodity categories. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with about 90% of shoppers really trusting private brands as much as national brands, uh, they've really given us permission to extend into new and unique categories. As a result, you're starting to see new products emerging and what we would have considered high barrier to entry categories, such as wine and spirits, pet and beauty care. Um, you know, clearly this will be a much different landscape for private brands, um, you know, than what we've seen historically. But with progressive retailers really setting the tone here in the industry, I think you'll, you'll see this continue to evolve uh, with retailers across, you know, across the, the U.S. Um, I do believe we can expect to see private brands continue to disrupt, disrupt you know, traditional category dynamics as, you know, retailers are increasingly thinking about how to use you know, either categories or brands as a true point of difference for their stores. So, you know, where premium used to just be almost like a premium national brand equivalent, uh, premium is really giving retailers a place to play in differentiating and bringing new and different to the market. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the leading grocery retailers these days in private label and what's driving their success? Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint a single retailer who's doing everything well. When, you know, when I think about what really drives best in class, um, best in class behaviors in the market today, I really think it's about four key areas where retailers, um, you know, are focusing and growing their private brand. Again, like I said, there isn't really anybody who's doing all of these perfectly, Um, but it really is a focus on innovation, brand and category management, marketing, and then finally, you know, how they're really thinking about their online presence. 
So the first part is really, you know, what I mean by innovation. And, you know, traditionally, we've seen a lot of retailers focus on really fast follower innovation. And when we think about best in class, they're really challenging and bringing first to market items uh, to shoppers. And so what we're seeing is, you know, retailers who are leading in this space, they're dedicating about 43% of their total product assortment to value added items. And this is compared to about 16% of the national average. The other metric in this, in this space is the pace of innovation. So best-in-class best retailers are launching about three times as many private brand items as their competition. So if you think about it, it's what you're creating and also the pace of innovation mm -hmm. that really creates that difference. As we think about brand and category development, those retailers who are taking a true private brand centric approach to how they expand. So this isn't traditional, you know, getting out of your traditional brand architecture and really thinking about adjacencies that are poised to win. This goes back to meeting shoppers where they are. So we shouldn't be letting our brand architecture dictate how we provide solutions to shoppers. And that really dovetails into why investing in marketing is more important than ever. So the shopper is no longer making decisions at shelf. So the best in class retailers are really balancing marketing across physical and, and digital platforms. So making sure that we're capturing that shopper at every point in their path to purchase. Right. Yeah. And the last thing on that, and, and this goes back to path to purchase, is really how are we maximizing the private brand footprint online? And you know, if, if a consumer is increasingly shopping online and they cannot find your products online or don't really understand your value proposition, you're really losing a huge opportunity with your shoppers. So we think that you need to continue to be focusing on making sure you have that right balance between your private brand in-store and your private brand online, just like we talked about before with this shift in consumer behavior. Okay, good. Uh, so pri private brand strength is, is putting retailers also in a good position during the time of economic pressure for, for many consumers right now. Uh, are, are we starting to see that with, with a COVID recession? Yeah, so we've talked a lot about innovation and creating new and different items, but you know the the true you know the the true value and you know kind of the consumer proposition that is core to private brands is you know that value and reliability. And today, with roughly a third of U.S. households still being affected financially by the pandemic, I think it's really important that we don't lose sight of this. Um, with tighter budgets, you know, shoppers are just going to be more inclined to gravitate towards, you know, private brands as they seek to really stretch their dollar without compromising quality. Um, and, you know, as we think about, you know, where we're going with, you know, holiday season, you know, you know changing behaviors and, and how events will be celebrated, you know, there's a real opportunity for, for private brands to lead and really helping, you know, shoppers to see solutions and how they can have cost-effective holidays, um, you know, and really enjoy the holidays in, in the ways that they really would enjoy um, and not really being focused on the price point, um, but really being be, being able to focus on the event. So, you know, again, 
as we walk, as we come into this recession or we're in this recession, I think it's really important that we continue to not lose sight of the value proposition that private brands bring to to shoppers. Great. Yeah. So I guess we can expect you know between that that sort of economic thing as well as just the, the brand shifting that, that has been going on in general, we, we can expect to see a pretty continued bright future for private brands. So so that's good news. Um, I think that's a good point for us to, to wrap at, Amy. Uh, this has been great. A lot of good insights. Uh, for for li- listeners who are interested in learning more, um, I'm going to include a link online to the latest edition of Damon's Private Brand Intelligence Report that delivers an insider look into the future private brands. Uh, it's a pretty comprehensive report and well worth taking a look at. With that said, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Michael. Yeah, sure. Thank you again, Amy. It's been a pleasure talking with you this afternoon. And thank you all for listening. Have a great day.